Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We are on to the Big Ten in our head coach ranking series. Be sure to check out our channel for the ACC and the Big 12, which have already been released. Uh, but Ryan, get us started here. Who was 14th in our Big Ten rankings? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, it is Tom Allen uh, of Indiana. You know, I mean, he, he did put together a couple of good seasons for them. You know, you got to give him credit. He won eight games in 2019, uh, and then he went six and two during that kind of shortened COVID year. Um, so those were good, but the last couple of years have been rough. Two and 16 in Big Ten play, tied for the worst record with Northwestern during that span. Not much going on as far as recruiting and important transfers they've had go the wrong way. So it's just not a whole lot of positive momentum right now in Bloomington. Agreed. Number 13, we got Ryan Walters for Purdue. You know, it's per usual, it's hard to place a guy who hasn't been uh, a head coach before. And it's also hard is now there's a, you know, a shift for Purdue going from offensive minded Jeff Brom to a defensive minded Walters. Um, he did an amazing, amazing job turning Illinois defense into one of the best in the nation. I like that he brought in Graham Harrell as offensive coordinator, got Hudson Card from Texas and the portal. Um, the challenge is that there were a lot of guys that transferred out, including on what will be his defense uh, and on top of that, his recruiting class uh, was dead last in the Big Ten, which obviously just doesn't set up well. So he really needs next year his first full cycle class to dramatically improve if he wants to to climb on this list in the years to come. Okay, number 12 on our list is Greg Schiano at Rutgers. And I was really high on him at first because he seemed to immediately place a huge emphasis on recruiting. It paid dividends. Um, and year one on the field, they were drastically better um, went from I guess horrible to bad which is a nice first step but they just haven't seemed to take that next step in, in three years they're kind of just staying the same you could argue uh, this past season was was his worst so just can't seem to get the offense figured out and you know I mean it's he's still he made a bowl game technically uh, in 2021 <laughs> at five and seven a little asterisk there so the bar's not super high at Rutgers but still you want to see a little bit more in the coming years Yep. Yeah, pretty important year for him here. Um, all right, moving on. We At number 11, we have uh, Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern. Um, like I mentioned earlier, he's they're tied for the worst Big Ten record the last two years with Indiana. They're 2-16 and 16 as well. But if you include non-conference games, then Northwestern just has the worst record. Um, so that's, that's not a good look for Pat Fitzgerald. Recruiting's pretty bad right now. Um, you know, so it's kind of maybe starting to look like his runs coming to an end there. It's hard to see past like this as in a, in a positive way. I mean, it's happened before where they've looked really bad and all of a sudden they've just magically turned it around. But I mean, they were really not even close last year and it just, just doesn't seem like there's anything to really change your mind coming to this future here. Um, but you know, it's cause he's had such a great run as to why he's not dead last on this list. Honestly, he's ahead of a couple of a few guys, but you know, it's just not looking strong right now. Yep. Number 10, Mike Loxley of Maryland. Uh, you know, after his first five seasons as a head coach at New Mexico and Maryland, you thought there would be like no chance he'd even be a head coach in the future. He was seven and 38, but got to give him, got to give him props. The last two years, he's elevated the recruiting at Maryland. They have back-to-back bull wins. He's got Talia Tagovailoa. Um, returning as he's going to be the most experienced quarterback in the Big Ten. 
you you pair him with a, a pretty solid transfer class coming in. Um, they're they're not all of a sudden gonna win the East, but they're definitely getting more competitive each season each season that goes by. It looks like. Yeah, and if if you're listening uh, to the podcast, you get to miss great things like Ryan trying yeah. to swat a fly during. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's not a small one. It's a decent size one around here. Really, it's gonna come. It's gonna come back eventually around. I know. Do you think the podcast listeners can hear it? Is it like? Is it a loud fly? No, I didn't really hear it. But it, well, it's right. Oh, damn! It's big. <laughs> it's really big. <laughs> Ryan looks scared. <laughs> oh no! It's like one of those moths that's like that big. Oh. It's, I know. Oh, that is a little startling. Will you guys continue? I'll continue. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to funnel them. I'm going to try to funnel them. At it, that would be great. But uh, if not, it's okay. Uh, I know you got your setup there, so uh, oh. I'm going to try to funnel them outside. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like Family it? Guy. Uh, this is great. Anyway, we'll move on to number nine on the list. It is Mel Tucker of Michigan State. This is a this is a tough one. I decided to go golf. I decided to go uh, golf grade with with Mel Tucker. So 2019 at Colorado's first year as head coach, he went five and seven. I gave him a par there. It was you know about what you expected. Goes over to Michigan State 2020. Uh, they went two and five, but that was a, a horrible situation to walk into. They, they were about as expected. So another par there. 2021 11 and two, win the Peach Bowl. Incredible season, of course. Uh, Kenneth Walker, all those transfers helped out. Eagle, given an eagle, so he's two under. And then last season, uh, what'd they go? They went five and seven, bogey. So he's still one under. Like he's still like him. He's a, he's a good recruiter. Um, I still feel above average about him. But with that massive contract that he has, you are yeah. a little nervous that you know he's, he's a bogey away from just being a <laughs> another average coach. Yeah, I hear you. Nice, nice breakdown there, Mike. I like the thank you, me- thank you. Did, Ryan, how did the the fly go over there? Oh, well, I can't find it at this current juncture. I think it's oh, that's laying scary. low somewhere. That's a that's a bogey for Ryan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Smooth transition. Number, thanks. Number eight, we have uh, Brett Bielema at Illinois. I like Bielema. I think he's a solid coach. I I I thought he was underrated coming into Illinois, and I still think he's underrated. Um, did a great job, of course, at Wisconsin for a long time and then went to Arkansas where, you know, his tenure wasn't great, but I mean, it wasn't a total failure there. He did win at least seven games in three out of the five years. So had some success, um, but he's quickly turned Illinois into a very hard team to play, you know, kind of just what you would expect from a Bielema team. They got good defense, a good running game. They don't beat themselves, just kind of his style and it, it works. Um, they had eight wins last year. They were a big surprise team. Um, and I think they're going to be solid again this year. I just don't see them really having a huge drop. Uh, he's just going to kind of play the way they do and be a good, solid team year in, year out. All right. Number seven, halfway through PJ Fleck of Minnesota. He keeps rowing the boat. Uh, he's proven that he's a good coach with, with his success at Western Michigan and now at Minnesota, he's won a bowl game four of his last five seasons. And if you throw out that shortened COVID year, he's gone eleven and two, nine and four, and nine and four. It's pretty dang good at Minnesota. Yeah. Um, still, you know, hasn't broken through to get to a Big Ten title. I guess if that's one little knock you'd have on him, um, you know, if you are searching for negatives, uh, on top of that, only finished in the top twenty-five once in his six years. But I mean, it overall though, he's done great at a very tough gig. 
you know, seventh on our list might feel low or sound low given what he's done. But I mean, given the strength at the top, it's tough to argue him being kind of more than a spot or two higher, I think. Yeah, yeah. He he could be a spot or two higher, but uh but yeah, seventh is no insult. Like he's 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 nationally he's he's a, a really good coach, but a lot of good coaches in the Big Ten. Uh like our next one, number six, Matt Rule of Nebraska. And I pretty much throw out the NFL stint. I just doesn't really matter, uh, in my opinion. So let's go back to where he was three years ago uh, at Baylor. He had inherited a horrible situation and had built them up into an 11-win team, uh, Sugar Bowl appearance, and before that had led Temple to a couple of 10-win seasons after uh, taking over for them after a down year. So people, he was one of the most highly respected coaches in college football. Obviously, that's the reason he was able to get an NFL job, and we're only few years removed from that so maybe you can move him down slightly just for being out of college football for a a few seasons but i don't think you got to move him down too much yeah we've seen a good handful of coaches come down back down from the nfl and still go to more success in the college game so uh i'm I'm high on rule i like him um all right let's move on number five we're going kirk ferentz uh at iowa you know, in the last 10 years, he's had just one losing record in Big Ten play. Uh, and that was a four and five season where they won all four of their non-conference games that year. So they had eight wins. Um, he's elevated them to a point where anything less than eight wins is a disappointment. Uh, I know the offense has been abysmal <laughs> the last couple of seasons. That's a that's a concern. But they still managed to win 18 games in those two years. Um, yeah. A lot of teams would kill for that. I mean... You know, it's crosstown rival or a cross state rival. Nebraska would kill for 18 wins. So uh, it takes us about four years to get that. Um, <laughs> maybe five. But Kirk Ferentz has wow. done a great job. Just keeps it going no matter, you know, how bad his son is on offense. Yeah, it, it does feel you don't feel great putting him so high on a list with all these great coaches. But you're at, the results are the results. Like, And he's had a couple of yeah. breakout like great season you know he went 12 and 0 yeah. before you know losing the last two of that season i mean he's had some magical seasons in there yeah he's overcome the the shortfalls recently all right number four this is a great number four luke fickle um he's he built a machine at cincinnati he had three 11 win seasons a new year's six bowl to, you know the first g5 playoff berth sent a bunch of players to the nfl like no doubt he can coach now we we get the opportunity to see what he can do at a bigger job. Um, it's really fascinating because, you know, he appears to be, you know, overhauling the Badgers style. He brought in a more spread offensive coordinator, brought in high volume passing quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he did great at recruiting at Cincinnati. Have to think he's going to upgrade the Badger talent in the near future. I just, it's going to be so much fun to watch him transform Wisconsin and see if he can start to re- replicate the Cincinnati success that he had in the big 10 yeah okay number three on the list is james franklin of penn state i think james franklin is maybe the most underrated coach in college football and i say that because i feel like a lot of people would say he's the most overrated coach and i just i don't get that he performed a a miracle at vanderbilt took over penn state in a really tough situation um and by year three he had them rolling in the past seven seasons since then, they've got four top 10 finishes. Um, they hadn't done that since the early 90s. He's made four New Year's Six Bulls, won three of them, won a Big Ten title. So I, I get what he hasn't quite done. He hasn't made a playoff. 
Um, he had a bad 2020, kind of a mediocre 2021. So that's why he's not, you know, one or two on this list. Um, but he's a really, really good coach, in my opinion. Um, yep. And they should be really good again this year. Recruiting continues to be very good. So I don't know. I, 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 it's I, tough I, being I in a division with then. Ohio State and Michigan. Like, you know, put him in the West and yeah. he's there. James Franklin's probably looked at differently. And when we asked whether James Franklin or, or Jim Harbaugh was better, like, you know, just as recently yeah. as two seasons ago, that was neck and neck. You might have even given yeah. the edge to Franklin. And, you know, now, of sure. course, the last two seasons have gone better for Michigan. But it wouldn't shock me if in two seasons more, it's back to neck and neck. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. Um, all right. Moving on. Number two. Ooh, it gets tough here. Uh, we're going Ryan Day uh, for Ohio State. I mean, hard to argue against his success. 45 and six overall in his four seasons, um, 31 and two in Big Ten play. Uh, but those two losses were to Michigan. So 30, 29 and 0 against everybody else, but two losses to Michigan. Um, so a little, not exactly the, the standard you want if you're Ohio State. They expect to beat Michigan more often than not. So two and two isn't going to quite get the job done, but he hasn't won a national title. I guess that's the only knock. He's made it. You know, he won a semifinal game. Maybe the defense sometimes a little disappointing. That's a bit of a concern. But, you know, he's recruiting great and everything. It's just, I mean, there's not really any knock on him. I mean, he just didn't win a national title, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's about it all I got. It is interesting because I, I wonder if he had, uh, if they had made that field goal yeah. against yeah. Georgia in the semifinal, would we still have had him second? I, I tried to. You know, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Does it really matter whether a guy makes one field goal? You know, but but it is yeah. a, such a close call between him and who we have number one. It's hard to hard to separate. Yeah, and that leads us to number one, of course, Jim Harbaugh. And like you said, Mike, it's one and one a uh, with these two guys. I don't think you can go wrong. But Harbaugh, he's a winner, um, proven it over a long period of time at multiple stops. He's won after inheriting, you know, not the greatest situations turned University of San Diego into a winner in the FCS, took over a horrible Stanford program, got them to a 12-win uh, season winning the Orange Bowl. He developed Andrew Luck. Um, he improved Michigan right away. And the knock early was that he couldn't beat Michigan State or specifically Ohio State, Ryan, like you were alluding to. But now he's done that in resounding fashion, uh, back-to-back years, back-to-back playoffs. Um, he's done it with different coordinators along the way. I mean, I guess just the new knock on him is now that Okay, you got to the playoff. Now what can you do? He hasn't broken through through there the last couple of seasons. Yeah. But I mean, that's a really good problem to have when uh when you're talking about playoff games. Yeah. I like when you bring up uh uh Harbaugh, you go all the way back to to USD, University always, of San Diego, of always. course. Your well, alma mater. Yeah. But I also just like it because I would have even thrown in the 49ers in there. I know I just got done saying oh, the NFL doesn't incredible. matter. But when it just like adds to his every yeah. single stop, they get much better quickly. It's just like, it just adds to that. It's not a narrative. It's just the truth. Yeah. Like he's, That's yeah. what I want to see about like Ryan Day and, you know, like what put him on Stanford now, like take over Stanford right now, right now. Yeah. And what is he, what's he able to do? Jim Harbaugh got him going really, really fast. Can Ryan Day do that? Or, you know, I'm saying, I want to see like the top level coach drop down to a, one of those and just yeah. see what they can do. It is always hard when you've only seen a, a coach at one spot. I mean, it's done so great at Ohio Especially State. Especially like Ohio State, because it's like, yeah, it's really hard to fail there. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <you know? laughs> it appears to be, yeah. Man. True. All right. Well, here is uh, the full list here for the YouTube viewers. 
any any thoughts, Ryan, on this on this list? Uh, I, I I think I, I like Ryan Walters a little better than thirteenth uh, at this point. I mean, just based off of what he's done so far in his career. I mean, his the way he was able to turn you know Illinois' defense from a laughing stock to top five in a matter of couple seasons was incredible i'm and he's did it at missouri i believe right prior to that so i'm a little higher on him than i think maybe you guys are i I think you should have slid up a couple of spots but you know it's uh it's tough when you're kind of these are this is a great conference of coaches okay yeah i uh yeah i love the top four here i like i would just i would be excited to have yeah. any four of those guys about as the excitement as stops there. at number five with kirk ferentz i mean he's, he's a really good coach but i yeah. definitely would not call myself excited to have him as a coach um i'm i'm fine with where we have pj fleck but like you mentioned trey like he's he's he's, he's maybe underrated like he's he does a a really good job he, he really does he keeps kind of overachieving um ryan to your point I guess if I had to make a guess who could make a big jump in the coming years, uh, you know, it, it's tough to say, but I would say Ryan Walters is one of them. And then maybe he's still got time. Mel Tucker, he's running out of time, but maybe he's one that could kind of yeah. be potentially break into the top six. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like about, you know, for, for Matt rule to, for us to have him ahead of some proven guys in the, you know, at least very recently, like PJ Fleck and even Bielema, you know, I mean, is he going to have success in Nebraska? To me, that's harder than what he's ever done because that Temple and Baylor, I don't know. It just it seems like there's neither of those places have the pressure, and you know, it's just the constant, you know, yeah. uh, pressure from the fans and the media. It just seems like Nebraska is just such a hard in a hard position to kind of break the trend. I don't know. Baylor just seemed rather kind of quick. You were just false over, and it's not as much pressure there. And well, this thing know, is not quick is at the the at Baylor like he he was able to go one and 11 his first year and there wasn't yeah. that craziness oh my gosh right yeah. the bug is right behind you it's huge <laughs> oh that's <laughs> Milo. okay oh, Milo yeah. Milo yeah Milo walked by the dock uh yeah <laughs> but yeah but at Nebraska if he goes one and 11 or or three and nine obviously he's got to keep his job and whatever but it, it'll yeah. just be there'll be a lot more a lot more pressure like you said yeah, but he also has more resources so than he did before. Yeah, I know. It just seems hard to break that kind of the curse of Nebraska at this point. If he does, then I will give him a crap ton of credit because it <laughs> feels like it's so hard to do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, let us know your thoughts on our list in the comments below. Thank you for watching and listening. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. And we will see you next time.